Welcome back to another episode of ISN Now. Joined as always by Noah Cowell. I'm Will Charlton, and we are incredibly pleased to be joined by a very, very special guest today. The voice of the Fighting Illini on radio, Brian Barnhart, is on ISN Now today to discuss the past couple basketball games and the bowl game that Illinois will be playing in on January 2nd. Brian, how are you doing today? Hey, good to be on with you guys. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's great to have a personality like this on the show, especially it seems like the timing's perfect right now. You know, the Illinois basketball team's coming off of one of their biggest wins, you know, in, in the program's past, like, few decades against number two Texas in a pretty chaotic game. I mean, watching that, that game, I, I know you were uh, calling it, Brian, but seeing Illinois kind of struggle throughout that game and then they were able to fight past the turnovers – uh, make some big shots down the stretch and force overtime, and then they just look like the better team in those last five minutes. What were some of your takeaways from that game? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It kind of reminded me of the UCLA game uh, in the way that they got down, where they're down 15 in that game, and in this case, they were down 10. And uh, for those, I think it was a 16 to 2 Texas run, something like that. And yet, what's been the characteristic of the team so far is they figured out a way, even with different guys to kind of piece it together and fight their way back into the game. Uh, and their defense has always been pretty solid, even in the games where they have, where the other teams have these many runs. But uh, I thought in that game, I mean, Epps was just absolutely huge. Uh, he was in at the end of the game. And I've always said over the years, it really doesn't matter. People worry a lot about who starts the game. It really is for any particular game. It's who finishes it. And Epps was in at the end. He hit the big shot, hit the big layup. Uh, Shannon, it was, it was interesting. He hadn't done anything all game as far as scoring. He had done some other things, but here he is playing against his old coach, uh, you know, uh, Chris Beard, who had been at Texas tech. And, and I don't know if Chris Beard had the, the strategy to, to kind of clog the lane so he couldn't just drive down there. And, and, but by the end of the game, he took over. And so it's been interesting in these games where they come from behind, like the UCLA game and this game with Texas, where it's just been different guys at different times to be able to fight their way back into the game. And, you know, great teams, good teams usually have one or two guys you can count on all the time. The great teams usually have, if you're trying to defend them, you're not quite sure who is going to break out at any point. Uh, and if you look at the Baylor team from a couple of years ago when they won the title, it was just one night it might be this guy and the other night it might be that guy. And Illinois is very hard to defend. And if they just keep playing hard and play good defense – uh, they give themselves a chance to win, and that's what you've seen in some of these uh, come-from-behind games. Well, especially on uh, in the game against Texas, Brian, you saw that Matthew Meyer obviously started it with his 21 points and being perfect from behind the arc, and then <laughs> a guy like Terrence Shannon and Jane Neff were able to close the game. So it just kind of shows, like, to your point, you say great teams have a lot of guys who can contribute, and so far it's looking like the Illini might have just that. Yeah, they do. And, and as they come together and learn more, you know, Sky Clark's, you know, mate didn't have a great game uh, the other day uh, at Maryland and, you know, was not in the game at the end. But there's going to be another game this year as he comes along that he's going to make a big splash in an important game. So, yeah, the continued uh, role identification is what Brad Underwood's talked a lot about, trying to get, you know, the guys figured out as to when they're going to be in the game, who they're coming in for. And I don't know if they've reached that point yet, or if they're ever going to reach it this year, that's, what's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, there are some things you can predict, you know, Dane danger is going to come in for Coleman Hawkins, but 
then again, they might play together. And Epps is usually going to come in for Sky Clark, but then again, they might play together. And so it's, it's like an amoeba. It's like a constantly changing, hard-to-defend type team. And uh, that's what's going to be fun to watch. And, uh, and I don't think yet they've even come close to their ceiling as to how good they could be, which makes you know February and March kind of exciting to think about. Yeah, and what makes them so really dangerous, like you mentioned, so many different weapons, but you see guys like uh, Jaden Epps and Terrence Shannon Jr. Shannon really struggled throughout the game, only at four points in regulation. And as a guy who was a leader for this Illini team, had games where he would absolutely explode like against UCLA. And then he comes in and he just can't get anything to go. And the Illini mm-hmm. still find a way to fight back. And then he, just like any leader would, shrugs off all of that those struggles and then is able to take complete control. And then you see a guy like Jaden Epps, who is one of the freshmen. I mean, you see a really talented young Illini squad, but then you see a lot of people were not necessarily bad-mouthing him, but kind of critiquing him for that shot late in that Maryland game uh, where he decided to go for three when they were only – you know, down one. And the fact that Epps was able to come in to this next game. And I mean, without him, they would not have forced overtime. He was so crucial in that last part of that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, what do you kind of see about their ability to be so resilient from some of these more experienced guys? And then some of the guys who've just come into college. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you raised some great points. And I think the, uh, the thing that Brad Underwood's talked about is you think about it, um, you know, you had Shannon on a, a, a final four team, you know, the runner up team for Texas Tech. You had the national championship team in Baylor, and that's the team that Matthew Meyer was on. And then all of these high school guys that were stars in high school were all on winning teams, championship type teams. And so if you recruit from those kind of teams and you can get the best player from those really good teams, they're just used to winning. They've got that kind of DNA inside of them that, you know, they're, they're not afraid of the big moment. And yeah, Epps, you know, missed that shot at Maryland, but the fact that he was even, it was, it was right in front of us. It was a wide open look and to have the courage to take that shot and not hesitate, but then to miss it. But then in the next game, when there, the game is on the line and you, and you take it again, uh, that shows you a lot of um, moxie, I guess, or <laughs> a lot of uh, uh, cool headed thinking to be able to, to get that done. And I think sky has that ability. I think Jaden does sincere Harris is a, is an energizer bunny. He just doesn't stop. He's, he's got great energy. He comes in and, you know, he's flipped a couple of games with steals or with a rebound or down the stretch the other night, he was guarding uh, Marcus Carr, uh, the former gopher who's now with, uh, with Texas. And, you know, Carr was a senior taking him to the hole and, and Harris was, well, wouldn't let him by. So these guys have been in big games in moments like we were in the other night. And I don't think they really flinch at it. So, which is unusual for, for freshmen. A lot of times they, I've seen over the years, you know, they, they blink a couple of times in these big moments. And I, I thought they, they've all responded really well. An 85 to 78 win over the number two team in the nation, Texas on Tuesday night in Madison square garden. But Brian, one of the main things to mention is the Atlanta had six more turnovers and assists in the game. And I mean, you were there in person. Can you like kind of tell us like what you saw on that and how do you think they were able to get it done just based off that? Yeah, there was not many assists. That You're right. And, uh, you know, part of it was that during that bad stretch that they got uh, outscored 16 to two in that one run by Texas, they're just way too much dribbling. I mean, they, when they're dribbling the ball and not moving it, that's that's gives the defense time to 
gets set and the ball gets stagnant. And so I think uh, the fact that they were able to overcome all of that does show you that, you know, uh, you have a, you have to have a variety of ways to win games. Uh, Stephen Bardo described it to me years ago when we were making the uh, run in 05 uh, near the end of that year. He's, I remember we were doing the Louisville game in the final four and we beat Louisville to get to the, the title game with Carolina. And he said, Brian, he goes, every game is a combination lock and you have those 40 minutes to figure out the combination to win the game. And that 05 team, they figured it out every time except the very last game. And that's what this Illinois team, this great team uh, that potentially uh, seems to be able to do, at least show some characteristics of doing is figure out those combination locks before time expires. And, and uh, so despite not having a lot of assists uh, in that stretch and struggling to get their offense going, you know, you win other ways, you find other ways to win. And, and that's a pretty, that's a pretty cool uh, thing to see this early. Yeah. And uh, you see kind of the formula for these Brad Underwood teams uh, since they really started to be successful in his third season is that they're really good in the Big Ten conference season. And then when they start, to, they play some of the really challenging games outside of the conference season, whereas it's like early in the season or in March, you can kind of see that not necessarily lack of experience, but la lack of that, uh, you know, they're, they're more one dimensional. You saw that last year against Houston. But the mm -hmm. fact that you saw them play against a really good Texas team, regardless of if they're really the second best team in the country, they're still a pretty good team. And they beat teams like Gonzaga Very and Creighton. And uh, you see that despite Illinois not playing their best, there was a lot of dribbling, a lot of more of a one-dimensional offense. But the fact that they were able to battle past that, like what does that kind of show you when, you know, you get through uh, the Big Ten schedule and you actually head to March and – you know, see if they can actually get to that sweet 16 or even further for the first time in Brad Underwood's career. Yeah, those are, we saw that Houston team when we played them down in uh, or out in Pittsburgh last year and we had uh, just won the Chattanooga game. And I saw the Houston game. I think it was against uh, Alabama, Birmingham or whatever it was the game that followed ours. Mm -hmm. And I was watching Houston and I was, I kind of gulped because I thought, Ooh, <laughs> That's kind of what we need to look like. And I don't know, as I sat there and watched them that day back last March, I thought, I don't think we're there and not at that level. Uh, as good as Kofi was and as good as Trent was and all those guys, it was a great team. Uh, but I think what the Houston Cougars have right now, as the, you know, right now the number one team in the country is kind of what Illinois is trying to get to with, you know, positionless guys and they're athletic and they play five, you know, they can play five out, uh, you know, they're tenacious on defense and just have a lot of different ways to score and a lot of different ways to beat you. And so I think that Houston was uh, that game last year was a good preview of what I think Brad's thinking in his mind that he wants the kind of team he wants to have. And those are the kind of teams you got to have great guard play in the NCAA tournament. And it starts there. That gives you a chance. But if you have the kind of team uh, like we saw last year in the tournament, uh, you give yourself a chance. And then you get to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, then it's it's a coin flip usually at that point, unless there's an upstart that, you know, got far like last year with St. Peter's. But then again, they're hot, you know, so Purdue found out the hard way about that. So it's <laughs> – um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think in today's game, it's it the, the college game often, you know, imitates the NBA game in the sense that, you know, the NBA game is wide open and five out and a lot of offense and, uh, 
you got to be able to shoot if you're Coleman Hawkins from from three. And I think that long athletic type team is what you have to have to make a deep run. Yeah, absolutely right. I, I completely agree with you there. But to kind of build off that big picture there, do you this is kind of a really in general question, but do you think this Illini team this year is more capable of pulling off some of the Illini team last year couldn't? Like, do you think they can repeat as Big Ten champions? And then since they have this new style of play, do you think they can go further in March since they're more prone to play a more modern style of basketball? What do you think about that, Brian? Yeah, no, I think I think the the they've got the pieces. You know, Matthew Meyer going off the other night, you know, he had gotten off to a slow start because he had not been able to really work out at Baylor after he left and he hadn't he couldn't get here till after summer school was over. And so he started late and he had put on some weight uh, and he was just kind of behind the curve. But you can see him catching up. What he was doing the other night, if you combine that with a Shannon who can who gets very hot and can be a little streaky, but it's uh, that way, you know, if you've got great uh, point guards, if you've got Coleman Hawkins who can – he's your leading assist man and can distribute the, the ball like a point forward. And Danger can do what he does down low. Uh, yeah, I think the team is kind of built to make a deeper run. Uh, again, March is always a coin flip. It's all about matchups. But I think you can overcome a lot of those coin flip situations with the kind of team they're building now. Uh, the question is, can the freshmen, their talent is obviously there and their level-headedness that we talked about and their their guts, not afraid of the big moment, that all will come into play in March. But I think by the time we get there, that's what is going to be fun to watch. I think when we get later in the season is how far along those guys come. Yeah, and we're talking about how this team may be more suited for that style of play uh, outside of the Big Ten. Uh what what do you think in terms of, of their style being so different from a team that, you know, with Kofi could be so like, you know, uh, pounded inside really the, the level of toughness that you'd see many of the big 10 teams have. And now, you know, the Illini are able to play five out. They, they do have danger, but not quite that level of a Kofi type presence. Uh, do you think that'll affect them a lot necessarily like hurt them in big 10 play, maybe not be as dominant as they have been the past few years, just because of how, different they are and how you know that style of play isn't as accustomed in the big 10 play yeah I don't I don't think it'll hurt them I mean I think Iowa's played at a higher speed here the last uh, you know few years under Fran McCaffrey and so they're kind of hard to defend I, I think the key thing you have to do in the big 10 is you got to play defense if you don't play any defense and that's where you know we were getting uh, you know we struggled with the, the defensive pressure that Brad wanted to play the first couple of years and lost a lot of games uh, because we just couldn't defend well enough to give ourselves a chance. And then other teams, you know, would stifle us on the offensive end because we needed to be more athletic. And so we've come a long way in six years from where we were back then. But no, I, I think it's uh, you got to, you got to play defense. It's almost like we've got a big 12 style team in the big 10 as is kind of the way I look at it. But if you play good defense, I don't think it, it matters a whole lot, you know, what you run offensively. Um, if you keep yourself in in games with uh, with really good defense, then I think the offense will be just fine. The basketball team, once again, defeated the number two team in the land, Texas, 85-78 on Tuesday night after a tough loss to open up Big Ten play against Maryland. But to shift things over to football now, they just recently got announced to the really a quest bowl in Tampa, Florida, and they'll play number 22, Mississippi State. 
on January 2nd at 11 a.m. Central Time. Brian, I personally really like this bowl game. I I think it's a great representation of what the Illini were able to pull off this season. How do you feel about it? Yeah, no, I've uh, it's one of one of the goals I've had in 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 the years I've been doing the games is to get to a a New Year's Day in this case January second bowl in Florida. I mean, the, because those are the games that on the first day of the new year people turn on. It's the first game they see, and so you'd like you like that you know uh, feeling of being in the limelight, being in the spotlight uh, to start a great day of college football. So that's always been one of the goals. Just get me there. I wanted to get to the Big Ten championship game, but. You know, that didn't quite materialize at the end, so we got close. But, but no, that's it's a great bowl game. It's a great time slot uh, against an SEC opponent. Uh, you know, Mike Leach is a little out there. He's, he's different for sure, the Pirate, I think they call him, which is funny because we're going to play a coach nicknamed the Pirate in a stadium with a, with a pirate ship. Uh, at one end, but uh, in, in the Buccaneers Stadium, but right, yeah, no, it's a great stadium. We, we played a game down there against uh, South, South Florida a few years ago uh, when Lovey Smith was here and it was a great stadium and um, it'll be a great venue, a great place for our fans. There are tons of Illinois fans in Southwest Florida. That'll, that'll make that trip up. Cause if you go down to the Gulf coast of Florida, people all over the Midwest go down there for the winter and, or move down there after they retire. So there'll be yeah, the turnout there could be unbelievable uh, in Raymond James from Illinois. So it's a great, great situation and a great finish to a really, really good year. And I know I've told people up here, I mean, in Champaign, I've, I've said, um, you know, when you get over the disappointment of after being seven and one to, to lose those three games in a row and come so close at Michigan. And I said, that'll be disappointing for a while. But when you pull back and you go, wow, you know, a lot of experts had Illinois winning three or four games and now they've won eight with the potential to win nine. And they're playing on a new year's day bowl in Florida that's a really good season. And so I think as we've gotten further away from the end of the regular season, I just, I'm just so happy they got that opportunity. Yeah. And, and the fact that, I mean, we've talked about this a few times on our show, just the fact that Bielema in his second season was able to get the Illini to actually be nationally relevant. Like we're seeing all these different charts of, you know, going into week nine, the teams that still had a chance at the playoff and Illinois was one of those teams. It was just one of those. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just a, that really put it into perspective, the fact that people were noticing Illinois. I mean, at that point, I think they were still number one nationally uh, uh, in defensive marks. And, you know, a lot of people, obviously, in the ways they lost against teams like Indiana, teams like Purdue, uh, Michigan, all of them being one scored, uh, including Michigan State. It's it's easy to be disappointed from that. But then also, like you said, you have to take – uh, a further glance at it and just know how important this is for this program. Yeah, they were about, if you look, I mean, you, and they didn't play well against Michigan state. I mean, that was just, that was a bad game and sure. Purdue, they played okay, but you know, they, they, but the game, as you said, the games that got away, the, the Michigan game, they're one play away from winning. Uh, and then the uh, Indiana game, I still don't know to this day how we lost that game. I, <laughs> you know, we, we, <laughs> Walked away from the game that night just going, how in the world did that even happen? Because uh, they dominated on both sides of the ball. And and there were uh, things that caught up with them. Even though they were winning the six games in a row, they were, there was the red zone issue. They weren't scoring enough in the red zone. And the kicking game was, you know, on the punting side especially, just wasn't giving them what they needed. And those two things kind of caught up with them. 
uh, along the way with the Michigan State game. And they really didn't turn the ball over a lot, but they did in the Michigan State game. And so, uh, but, the, you know, you look at the Indiana game and the Michigan game, how close they were to winning those. I mean, they could be 10 and 2, uh, you know, really easy uh, without much without much imagination. So when they played Michigan tougher than anybody all season. So, far, yeah, there yeah. was – you know, yeah, and and because Michigan would pull away from about every team they played, including Ohio State in the second half. But no, it's it was um, it was disappointing to lose those games. And I'd like to, if I had to get two back, I'd take those two back, uh, just because of how close they were. The other two games they didn't play all that well, and and even they even those games, as you said, were one score games. So, I mean, to even be in that playoff conversation in November was was pretty wild you know, to be thinking about. And I don't know if even the, uh, the Rose Bowl team from 07, I don't even know if they got that kind of national attention. It was a different setup back then, but certainly, you know, that was a really good team in, in 07. And then the Sugar Bowl team, if you go back to, to 01, uh, you know, were a big 10 champ, but they weren't in any kind of national championship potential. So that was kind of, uh, that was kind of fun there for a, you know, a week or so in early November before the, before the loss to MSU where they were talking about Illinois and a path to get to the final four and um, to be in that kind of uh, situation, that was uh, unbelievable. Yeah. And to kind of talk about the opponent, they're going to be playing Mississippi state. They have a really good quarterback, Will Rogers, who can get the job done with his arm and they got a pretty dynamic offense too. I mean, coming off a big win, the egg bowl against Ole Miss too, eight and four as well down in the sec. I mean, a pretty, a very formidable opponent. I mean, what do you see initially from the Bulldogs that might give the Alliance some challenges? Well, they'll, uh, you know, Purdue was probably the best passing team we faced all year. Uh, these guys will be much better than that. I think, I mean, uh, Mike Leach has been doing this a long time, uh, Texas tech, Washington state, you know, he worked with Bobby Stoops uh, a long time ago. He worked with a guy named Hal mummy in Kentucky several years ago where they just threw, it was an air raid, air siren raid. I think somebody joked, I don't know, it was uh, Jerry DiNardo, I think on the big, big 10 network uh, joked that Illinois would have to stop the run, the one run, you know, that, that uh, Mississippi state will make. <laughs> so it was an exaggeration, but we get his point. Um, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see. I think one key will be, uh, and we'll, I guess we'll know more as we get closer to it. You know, will we have Devin Witherspoon? Will he play in the game? You know, will these guys opt out, which they certainly could? Uh, that might affect the defense. But then on the other side, how many guys for Mississippi State are going to play in the bowl game or how many will not play as well? So it's a little bit of an unknown, but it'll be the by far the best passing offense they will have faced. It'll be a good test uh, for the Illinois defense. And then, you know, if we just um, chase Brown, you know, if he plays, that'll make a difference. Uh, if he doesn't, obviously Reggie Love, I think, was coming on at the end of the year. So. The bowl game is always a little different animal, so we'll see, especially in this now age of of uh, players opting out. You never saw that until a few years ago, uh, so that that could change the dynamics of the game. But just on paper, Mississippi State and Illinois, I mean, it's a pretty good matchup, I think, pretty even. Yeah, and uh, we'll have to see, you know, as it gets closer, who's going to play and who's going to not. But, um, you know, I was at uh, one of the recent press conferences, got to – hear a little bit of what Sidney Brown had to say. And he kind of expressed uh, the uncertainty of whether he would actually play uh, just, you know, he would have to decide with the coaches and with his you know family, what's better for his future too. And uh, obviously Sidney Brown is, is one of the best defenders, one of the best emerging defenders in the Solana team. And, and he'd make a big difference. And then, as we mentioned, you look at 
Will Rogers, he's had an unbelievable season, better numbers easily than any of the uh, quarterbacks Illinois has faced this year. And you look at some of the better defenses he's played, like he went against Georgia, was still able mm-hmm. to throw for over 250 yards and a touchdown, didn't have any turnovers. And, you know, that kind of can put it a little bit in perspective of how he may be able to play another tough team like Illinois with their defense. Still, the fact that they're in the Big Ten, their defensive scheme's a little bit different. Uh, do you expect it to, you know, th- those clashes to be a little bit different than just the SEC on SEC? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's defense is, you know, they're elite. So, I mean, the fact that he was able to get that kind of, those kind of numbers against them uh, is pretty impressive and tells you a lot about his ability. Yeah, it is, it's a little different, uh, different style, but I still, you know, even the, when Alabama has been in these, you know, championship games, their defense was just so good. It was scary good. And, and the elite SEC teams and the ones that are playing in the college football playoff usually are. So, um, you know, you get some of the other SEC teams, maybe not so much. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And Illinois hasn't played a lot of SEC teams over the years and just a different style of play. So that, that'll be something to watch, I think, uh, on January 2nd. It'll be a very, very exciting bowl game to, for the Illini to play in. And, Brian, we know you're a very busy guy, so we just want to thank you so much again for coming on. And uh, let's enjoy the bowl game. Let's enjoy the rest of this basketball season, this young basketball season as they get into Big Ten play. Uh, but thanks again for coming on, and uh, have a great rest of your day. No, very good. Thanks for having me on. appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, we got the Missouri game coming up here pretty soon and and then into Big Ten play again in January. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun month here. So I appreciate you having me on. Of course, yeah. Great to have you on, Brian. Another very special thank you to Brian Barnhart for coming on ISIN now. I mean, Noah, that's awesome guest to have on oh, this podcast, this very young podcast of ours. So, Well, yeah, just the, uh, the experience that Brian has had um, – watching all these teams. I mean, been doing he, it forever. What he brought up uh, with the 05 team with uh, Bardo and talking to, to him about how that was pretty cool. Yeah. Just the comparison there was super cool to have that experience that we've never experienced, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, he brought up a, a bunch of good points. Um, you know, we're going to be looking at Illinois playing Penn state uh, tomorrow and tomorrow at 11 a.m. Yeah, tomorrow at 11 a.m. And like he mentioned, we'll be playing Missouri uh, soon and you know he just he sees it in a different light he gets to go out to all the games I mean he's an unbelievable uh, play-by-play commentator some of the stuff he sees goes so beyond a lot of just the basic detail of what you know just regular fans see and so getting a personality on here like that helps us so much and in, in our insight yeah but I mean just to kind of like wrap it up about basketball here we didn't really like talk about it just each other but like Wow. I mean, I personally thought it could have ended up in a blowout at one point, just when we were talking about with Brian. I mean, when they were down 10, it felt like they were down by like 20 to 30 at that point. And all of a sudden, it's like they're just kind of crawling their way back in, just trying to get back into it. Then all of a sudden, it's a three-point game, and then Texas hits that fadeaway shot. I think it was Marcus Caro hit it. And at that point, I was like, gosh, shoot, all right. Well, we, we gave it a shot. And then they force overtime because of Jaden Epps hitting a three and then hitting two really clutch free throws. Well, that's why this team is so different from the past teams that we've witnessed. I mean, Illinois has had some great basketball teams in the past few years. Don't get me wrong. But this is not a game they would have won. No. You can't c- convince no. me that it is because there were so many different 
plays towards the end that could have put them away. Okay, mm-hmm. it could have been the goaltending that should that was a block. That was a clean block. Yeah. <laughs> it was close. Don't get it me wrong. Close, but when but you yeah. slow it down and literally you don't see the ball hit the backboard until Coleman hand hits the ball, that's not goaltending. I that's evidence enough. And then you go to the, you know, Illinois is still able to come back, force it within three, and then Marcus Carr mm-hmm. hits a really tough fadeaway. I mean he didn't have a good shooting night, but Marcus Carr's a legit player. He was great at Minnesota. We know what he can do. And then for another play, Coleman calls the timeout before the RJ3. And you're like, well, that was our that was their last chance there. So many things. And then Jaden just back. says, nah, it's fine. He called the timeout. I'm hitting it. <laughs> <laughs> but th- that's why this team is so different, because you have so many different guys who are st- who haven't played for very long in college step right. up like that. Right. I mean, Sincere Harris arguably made the play of the game earlier on when Illinois is down seven. Okay. It's like six minutes left. And Sincere Harris has a chase down block off the backboard. Jaden Epps sends a three and alley to pass to RJ. They're down five. That's a four point swing. You don't end up coming back in that game if it's not for that. And then obviously Jaden Epps has the last five points of regulation. These freshmen We've needed them a lot more than we've really realized. I mean, we expected Ty Rogers to have more of an impact than he's had. I mean, he's just not offensively – he just doesn't have the offensive weapons yet that he needs to to be really key for this Illinois team. But those, those other two guys are legit. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we'll uh, we'll give our predictions for uh, Penn State in a little bit here. But uh, the net rankings just came out for men's basketball – they were at number 13 before the win over Texas, which I put, I think put them at nine because they now have two quad one wins over UCLA and Texas. But Shauna Green has this women's team put at number 19 in the net rankings for women's basketball, which puts them as a five seed currently in the NCAA tournament. They're currently eight and two. And Noah, they just recently they went on the road and lost to number five, Indiana. No, they didn't get blown out. They lost by four points to number five on the road. Yeah. And then they followed up with a uh, Big Ten win, a dominant win, honestly, against Rutgers in the 62. Yeah, I mean, I saw that it was between, like, 15, like, 25 points the whole game. I saw that, like, it was, like, an 18-point lead at halftime and stuff like that. But what is Shauna Green doing? I mean, this is incredible. I, I, can't, say, I can't say it enough. I mean, this women's basketball team is so fun. And, I mean, I, it's a great time to be in the line. It really is. I mean, I never thought I'd say this, but I had the pleasure of watching Illinois go on the road the and play pleasure. again. Wow, the pleasure. I mean, I can't tell you how unbearable. Certainly have said that last year. I can't tell you how unbearable it was last year watching that team in mm-hmm. person. I mean, you know, I, I got to be there and get, cam- like, do some camera shots for the broadcast that we have for BTN+. Plus, But watching that team – Losing 28 to 8 at the end of the first quarter against that same that's Indiana same, team. That same team. That was, I think, yeah. number six at the time. So they were still really elite. And Illinois was not only did they lose by four at Indiana on Sunday, they were up by one with 50 seconds left. Makaira Cook had the game of her life, 33 points, I think five assists. Saw that. God, she's she's something else. Her her jump shot was pure. She oh, did yeah. everything. I I Still think right now, if Adalia McKenzie and Genesis Bryant step up and have their usual contributions, Illinois comes out of there with a win. That was the problem. Adalia McKenzie and Genesis Bryant, the two, the two and three, I mean, you can kind of look at them interchangeably. Some of them 
um, play better than others uh, every game because, you know, Genesis Bryant comes off the bench. But you see that three-headed monster, I guess, um, you, you kind of love to use that phrase. <laughs> I do, um, I do. I've used that they, You can just have any one of them be a scoring factor. You have Kendall, all reliable Kendall Bostic there. All reliable. In, in, in the paint. She's, she can give you uh, almost a double-double like every other game. Like Just that sense of reliability. And then you have Bakara Cook, the fact that she came with Shauna Green. So she knows that system. And Brinshie Pill, too. Yeah. Both of them are – and really, Hill had uh, nine points this past game. The fact – the important thing was that she actually shot the ball. Shauna Green said it after the game. Uh, they're just so, so confident. And really, we can talk all we want about how well Underwood and Bielma have been. But think this is about the quickest rebuild of all time. Think about their first years. Yeah. Okay. Underwood's first year was Horrible. one of the first or one of the worst seasons in recent Illinois basketball memory. Which very glad they didn't fire him after that because no. I really want Underwood to be the coach of this program for a long time. And, but and he is. And it, it takes too. time. Yeah. In Bielema last year, they were five and seven. Which honestly wasn't even that disappointing of a season. I mean, no. they had two ranked road wins. Yeah, it always takes time when you come into a program, and especially the women's basketball program, one of the worst in the Power Five. Oh, yeah. There's no question oh, yeah. about it. They Absolutely. were, what, 7 They were 7-20 and 20 last 20. year and had one regular season win in the Big Ten. And you're talking about, like, last year the Illini team loses on the road to Indiana by 30, maybe even 40 points, maybe. This year they just lost by four to a team that is currently a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and you're, you're one Makaira Cook jump shot away from going to overtime in that game. Yeah. And it crazy. It, she was unbelievable. This team is just so more dynamic and, and so much more dangerous than really any team has been in the past decades. I mean, since Teresa Grants was the head coach for the women's basketball team, we haven't seen any of this level of confidence with this program. And now Shauna Green, I mean, I was talking to uh, our buddy Alec Gilmore. He was the sideline announcer for the game two nights ago. And he just even said when he got to talk to Shauna Green in like it was the halftime interview, her confidence makes her so powerful as a head coach. You could just tell the difference between her and Nancy Faye when you're just standing next to them. She's kind of intimidating because she's just there. She has the plan. She knows what's to, what to do. And she says everything as just a matter of fact. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we have to do if we're going to win. Because she was at Dayton. She knows what it takes to win. Oh, yeah. And you can already see that on players like Adalia McKenzie, who two nights ago, she had a double-double, 22 points, 13 rebounds. She was dominant. Oh, yeah. Kara Cook had a third straight game with 20-plus points. <laughs> and then you have Genesis Bryant, who was injured for a third of that game after she took a charge. She was still able to have 14 points. <laughs> what? This Illini team is something really special. I mean, even in the couple of games that I've called, they played, like, obviously lesser opponents, like Quincy. They played Alcorn State, and they played Oakland University. But, like, still – they just look so dominant over those teams. Like the good, the really good teams dominate those. Like I'm not going to say lower tier teams, but teams that are from mid major schools. Like what they've been doing makes them seem like an elite program. I mean, Rutgers is a team was a bottom door in the Big Ten last season too, but they still lost to Rutgers last season. I mean, the only one win they had was against fellow bottom dweller Wisconsin, but. I mean, the fact they're beating a bottom dwell for 18 points that, like... And the game was never close. The Illini started off up 45-22 in that game. I mean, Illinois is 1-1 one one in the Big Ten already, and it just feels like that is already an accomplishment. 
I would, I would, <laughs> I would love somebody to tell me the stat of the last time that the Illinois women's basketball team had an opening home Big Ten win. Please tell yeah, me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't know. tell you. I can't tell you, but uh, what they're doing is super exciting right now. I mean, I think that we're gonna we're looking at a really, really successful basketball season for both programs heading into March. I mean, I, I honestly, like we were saying this about football. I'm, I'm going to compare this, but like we were saying how Indianapolis was a bummer for the football team. I feel like if this Illini team doesn't make the women's tournament, that's going to be a disappointment at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's also just so early too. It is. I mean, next thing you know, they could play because like you know the Big Ten is a good conference. It is. So it is a very. You good could game. easily have below 500 record in the Big Ten and then end up not making the tournament. So I wouldn't necessarily say that was a uh, disappointment. Now, if they continue to win these games in the Big Ten, like the way Illinois was seven and one and then didn't make Indianapolis, I would agree with you there. I mean, it's just so early; it's so hard to tell. But I think regardless. If the Illini stay around 500 in the Big Ten, that should be a Coach of the Year award to Sean Green. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding With me? how bad absolutely. they were. I mean, honestly, if they just keep this up now, I, I think she gets it. You know, no questions asked. Like, no, no questions she gets it. Because you can't tell me any other team will have that big of an improvement in the Big Ten than Illinois will if they continue this. And, uh, yeah, they got a rematch coming up with the uh, Butler Bulldogs in a second map, second game of a home-and-home home series they have. They'll be in Indianapolis for that one. So, speaking of Indianapolis, they'll actually be playing there. <laughs> um, but they'll be facing That's the Butler right. Bulldogs on, uh, on Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time. So, that one will be broadcast on Flow Sports. We'll give a prediction for that one in just a few minutes. But we'll segue into the prediction segment and we only have a couple of uh, predictions today. I think we'll get to the bowl game in a later show. But uh, Illinois plays Penn State in basketball on Saturday. That game will be at 11 a.m. broadcasted on Big Ten Network. Noah, this Penn State team comes in. I mean, like, they're they're not incredible. I mean, it's Penn State basketball. They, they played a pretty close one at State Farm Center last year. Six and three right now, but they're on a two-game losing streak. I mean, I see it being a win probably. What do you think? It's it's so iffy, but, yeah, I think Penn State, they've been competitive against every team they've played. Uh, they lost to a good Virginia Tech team uh, who's nine and one now, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they lost that game by only two points um, and then lost to Clemson. So these teams, there's not really anything that jumps off the page for Penn State. I think they're just a team that's going to kind of hang around there for a little bit in the Big Ten. And the fact that Illinois is playing at home, I could see it being a little bit of a letdown. I could see Illinois be losing at half after a game like Texas just because they're all, like, you know, high up in their spirits. And then Penn State is the one that wants it more in an upset-type game. But I still think Illinois plays better. I think Shannon is more consistent. I think that – overtime period against Texas is what he needed. I think he has a 20 point performance and I think sky plays better. He's been really inconsistent recently. The fact that Jaden Epps has been getting more of the spotlight may, you know, motivate him to play a little bit better. I think you see that. And then really just the turnover amounts have to come down. The Alana need to move the ball more. If they move the ball better, I think this will end up being like a 10 to 15 point game. I'm going to say, like 75-62 in Illinois. 
All right, fair enough. This Penn State team is very veteran-led, led by the likes of Jalen Pickett, Seth Lundy, and then also Miles Dredd. Overall, I mean, this, this Penn State team is one that could be decent in the Big Ten. I mean, I don't really see a whole lot with them this season, but they're a very veteran-led squad. They've played – they played last year's Illini very, very tough, like I said a few minutes ago, in State Farm Center. And, I mean, I, I could see this being close at halftime. I don't think they'll be losing necessarily, but I could see it being like a 5- to 10-point game in the Illini's favor. I ultimately do think that the Illini will just want to kind of crush these guys, though. And I think the Illini will end up winning by, like, I think the Illini will end up winning by 17. So I'm going to say the Illini win 84-67. to 67. Okay. Yeah, I got 84 to 67, the line I win. But, That's uh, a pretty consistent offense right there. Oh, yeah. I think they'll continue the success. Uh, well, not certainly from the second half starting out against Texas, but uh, the way they close out the game, I think they'll continue that offensive success. But um, women's basketball, like we said, they play Butler on Sunday, the second game in a home-and-home series. I was on the call, actually, on Big Time Plus between Butler and Illinois at State Farm Center a year ago. Kind of crazy that was already a year ago, but um, yeah, I mean, the Bulldogs and the Illini, Bulldogs are much better so far than they were last year. They were 0-9 and nine going into the game, and uh, now they're 5-4. and four. So, Noah, I mean, the way the Illini are playing right now, they should win, but uh, what, what do you think? I mean, Butler, yes, they're not 0-9, but that doesn't mean they're a good team now, right? They're 5-4. They're, they're and four. They've obviously made big improvements similar to this Illinois team. Um, but they've also lost the likes of U- IUPUI, Ball State. Sure, they have. DePaul. They only beat Southern Indiana by, by 10. 10 points, right? Right. Which DePaul um, is actually not a bad Big East team. No. They've always been up in the rankings. Now, I, I, I can't say much for uh, Southern Indiana, though. The fact that they yeah, were. I can't either. They were only up three and a half. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just this team doesn't really impress me. And Illinois, like if they only had somebody like Makara Cook being the main force then i'd be a little more skeptical about their chances against some of these teams they should be right but the fact that they can always rely not necessarily always rely but they can look to other people like Adali mckenzie uh, genesis bryant kendall bostic people like that i just think that this team has a lot of weapons similar to the men's basketball team and they'll take care of business here against butler and i believe that it'll be a 15 point win i think it'll be 70 to 55. All right. Well, I'm going to just go on top of that saying that I think the Illini are much like, well, obviously they're much better than the team that played Butler last season, but uh, I think they have something to prove. They, the score was not exactly indicate of what the Illini beat Butler by last year. Cause I mean, it was only, it was only like a 15 point one, but realistically they won by like, I mean, it felt like they won by a lot more. Um, but I see a lot more of the same, and I think the Illini have a lot to build on from last year's win against Butler. I think the Illini are going to win this one by 27 points. 27 points. Okay. I, got the, I got the Illini winning 81 to 54. I got the Illini beating Butler 81 to 54. I just think they're, I just think they're way too dominant for the Bulldogs. I mean, like you said, just because they have five wins, that doesn't mean they're necessarily a better team. I mean, sure, a record can indicate whether – you're a better team or not, but I think the Illini is still much better than Butler. And I think it's going to show on Sunday. Illini went 81 to 54. 
But that is pretty much all the time we're going to have for you today on ISN Now, just to kind of highlight another sport that's going to be in action. The wrestling team is at the Midlands Championship in Hoffman, Illinois. Hoffman Estates, Illinois, rather. And uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, once again, a big thank you to Brian Barnhart for coming on today. Super happy that we uh, had the voice of the Fighting Illini on radio on today. And uh, Noah, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I would just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that we were able to get someone of, of that renown uh, here in Illinois uh, onto our show. I mean, he knows so much about uh, the sports here. He's done it for so long. And the fact that we could get him on here, um, just a big shout out to Brian. Uh, he's he's done incredibly with uh, covering these sports. And, you know, he continues to do it, just listening to analysis he gave. And I would just also like to point out that soon, just just picture this, Illinois wins the bowl game. They get a fringe rank, top 25 ranking. Men's basketball is ranked. Women's basketball win their next three games. They're ranked. Imagine all three teams being ranked. Just saying, that could seriously happen. This is exciting to think about. A revolutionized Illinois athletics program. And we can say thank you to Josh Whitman to close us off. (laughs) We'll see you next week on ISN Now.